I'm one of those guys. I downloaded an algebra app on my phone just for fun. I play Sudoku just for fun. In fact, I play Killer Sudoku just for fun. One service, when I was a teenager, a young man tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and he said, Hey, what's the sixth digit of pi? And I thought for a moment and I said, Nine. And he said, Okay. After service, I found him and I said, Hey, just curious, why did you ask me the sixth digit of pi? And he said, Because you look like somebody who would know. <laughs> I'm one of those guys. I also love optical illusions. Whenever somebody sees one thing, but somebody sees another. You may remember a few years ago, there was a firestorm online about the dress. You might remember the dress. If you just Google the dress, you'll see it all over again. Half of the world saw it as blue and black. The other half of it saw it as white and gold. Then there's the optical illusion about the two women. Years ago, this was one of the most famous ones. Which one do you see first? Do you see the young woman or do you see the villain from Snow White? There's the rabbit and the duck. Which one do you see first? Do you see the rabbit? Do you see the duck? Do you see what I see? But what if I gave you a gift? What if I came over to your house right now, drank the hot chocolate from your Keurig maker, and dropped a mustard seed in your hand, just a teeny tiny mustard seed? And if I asked you to take a close look at what I gave you and tell me what you see, what would you say? What do you see? If you say, I see a mustard seed, join the crowd. That's what most of us see. But if you say, I see a tree, then you're starting to see what Jesus sees. And I'll explain it all right after this. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Do You See What I See on Simplify. Jesus was talking to 12 curious and anxious men who just left everything to follow him. A few of them forsook their fishing franchise, one handed in his IRS badge, another left the shade of the fig tree, all to follow Jesus. They're wide-eyed and wondering what great things are in store for them, and then Jesus tells them, Listen, boys, let me tell you how the kingdom of heaven works. It works like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds, but don't be discouraged. Because once a farmer sows this seed in the ground, and that tiny, teeny seed grows over time, it becomes the greatest of all herbs, so much so. Birds come and build their nests in its branches. But birds don't build nests in seeds. They build nests in trees. But before that seed becomes an Airbnb for the birds, it starts as a tiny seed in the hands of a great God. God does his best work when he has little to start with which this had to thrill the dozen disciples because as they looked at their reflection in the lake and they looked at each other around the campfire, they realized we're really not a lot to start with. But that's all right because we're in the hands of the Almighty God. Jesus could have chosen a dozen degreed, long-robed theologians as his disciples who could debate on whether Adam had a belly button or not, but I'm glad he didn't have to. He chose mustard seed-sized men but he knew when he puts his spirit within them and gives them a mission, he will grow them into men who will change the world for the glory of God. All right, let's take Simon Peter, for example. What do you see in him, Jesus? I see a man who will stand on the day of Pentecost three years from now and preach salvation for the first time on the birthday of the church. I see a man who will open the door of salvation to the Gentiles and write two inspired letters which will become books in the word of God. 
Everybody looks down at the ground and around at Simon and says, wow, Andrew, Simon's your brother. Is that what you see in him? People say, if you want to know what a person is really like, you should ask their family and their dog. And Andrew, his brother, just sat there and shook his head and said, really? You see that in Simon? You see that in my brother? My speak before you think knows more about salmon than a sermon, brother? The other ten would barely laugh at the thought of Simon Peter being anything but the guy who sticks his foot in his mouth on the daily. They see a mustard seed. God sees a tree. They see what Andrew sees. Simon was rough on the outside, rougher on the inside, but they don't see what Jesus sees. They don't see the time Simon Peter will spend with Jesus, learning at his feet, the time Jesus will spend with Simon. They don't see the day Jesus will fill Simon Peter with his spirit and send him on a mission that will stir him from sleep the rest of his life. All they see is a mustard seed-sized fisherman. Jesus sees an anointed, inspired preacher because Jesus sees what no one else can see. He sees what will be not just what is. When you go to worship with your church family this weekend, you're going to see all kinds of people. You're going to see children. You're going to see students scurrying here and there. Some of them may be practicing their driving in the parking lot after church. Be careful. But those kiddos and teens are more than what you see. You may see students struggling through algebra and parallel parking. Tell them to get the algebra app on their phone. It's actually fun. You may see students who live from youth camp to youth camp, but what you don't see is that one of those youth camp services and one of those altar calls, God is going to get a hold of their heart and put his spirit so deep inside of them that nothing and no one will ever wrestle him away from them. And he will send them on a mission that will stir them from sleep the rest of their lives. Some of the students who text through service now will preach in the pulpit later. They will sing and play music for the glory of God. They will write music. We will sing on Sundays because God sees what none of us can see. We see another teenager. We see another child. We see another person who comes with a, an addiction. But God sees a God-called, spirit-filled, spirit-led man or woman of God. Okay, let, let's try this again. Maybe Simon Peter is the exception. Maybe he's the special case. What about John? Jesus, what do you see in John? I see a man who will love me even to the price of his own life. A man I can trust so much that I will give visions of what will happen at the end of the world. And you'll study it from now until I come back. Quite literally. And I will move on him and I will inspire him to write four books in the word of God. And James looks over at his brother, gives him a sideways glance and says, Are you talking about our John? He's a little on the sensitive side, I'll give you that. But that's not what we see. We see the best net mender Zebedee has on payroll. John's got a big heart, but he can get a little fiery sometimes. I mean, he's a good man, don't get me wrong, but he's not God's man. When it comes to spiritual things, I, John knows about as much as a mustard seed. Those disciples Jesus taught that afternoon, they ended up being what everybody saw. They scattered at the cross on Friday. It looked like it was all over for them. It looked like it was all over for him. And so they scattered and they ran and they forsook him and fled. For a little while, at least, they were what everybody else saw. Everybody saw Friday. Jesus saw Sunday. Jesus saw a day when he would see them again in an upper room when they would assemble together. Just 120 mustard seed sized saints. The disciples, some women who followed Jesus, even Mary, the mother of Jesus, were there. There were faithful fathers who eked out an honest living, faithful mothers who raised their family to know God, just 120 mustard seed-sized saints. But by the end of the day of Pentecost, when God filled them with his spirit, 
and they were baptized in Jesus' name, who would have known they would grow into such a force that it would be said of them, these have turned the world upside down. Do you see what I see? Possibly not, but don't be discouraged. Ask God to give you eyes of faith to be able to see what only he can see, to see what will be, not just what is. And when you do, don't get impatient. Growth, especially in God's kingdom, is gradual. Jesus didn't promise growth would come overnight. You plant the acorn on Sunday, picnic under the oak tree on Monday. That's not growth. Growth is gradual. Any parent can tell you that. Somehow our girls are so tall, so grown, so smart that they know pizza tastes good and peas taste bad. And I didn't realize it day by day, but I've got two girls almost in the youth group. Somehow growth is gradual. It happens for parents. It happens for disciples. Growth happens one Sunday at a time, one Wednesday Bible study, midweek Bible study at a time, one altar call at a time, one prayer meeting at a time, one morning in devotion with God at a time. Don't ever discount the power of one encounter with God, one Bible study, one prayer meeting. That's how we grow in the kingdom of God. You may not feel much taller when you get up from your prayer time or you leave the service or you leave the altar, but you are. Growth is gradual, but it is growth. He sees the centimeters we're growing even if we don't know. And as long as we're planted where God planted us, his rain is falling on us, his light is shining on us, we are growing. And one day, we will see what he sees. Would you pray with me that God would give you eyes of faith, that you would be able to see in others and in yourself what God is doing and what he sees so we can live our lives toward that end and we can live our lives to see what he sees. Lord, I thank you today. Thank you for growing us little by little, service by service, day by day, prayer meeting by prayer meeting. I thank you, God, for all the growth you're doing in us. I pray help us today to see through eyes of faith. Help us to see what you see. Help us, Lord Jesus, to continue to grow, to be planted where you planted us, to bloom there. I pray let your reign of your spirit fall on us, God. I pray let the light of the word of God shine on us and grow us to be what you have called us to be. Use us, Lord, for your glory, I pray to both be and to make disciples for the glory of God. I pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, Simplify listeners. Be sure to click subscribe and share. Share the Simplify podcast with somebody else who could be blessed by it, and be sure to click subscribe. That way you don't miss any time a new episode drops. Got a couple resources for you if you are interested in some good reading during this new year. Simplify, 52-week devotional, is a product right now that launched this podcast, Simplify. You can pick that up at PentecostalPublishing.com in print or on Amazon for Kindle. And my newest book, 10 Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments, is available at PentecostalPublishing.com as well as Amazon. And it's also available on Audible. So if you prefer to listen rather than read, you can certainly pick that up there. Or if you live in this Knox County, Ohio area, you can pick it up at Paragraphs Bookstore at the corner of South Main and Ohio Avenue. And if you do live in this area, I would love to meet up with you if you do not yet have an apostolic home church, but you are looking for a place where you can worship God with a community of believers. I would love to get to meet you. You can find information about Apostolic Church at vernonchurch.org, or you can find me on Facebook at lj.harry or Twitter and Instagram, LJ and Andrea, L J A N D A N D. R-E-A. Next week, 
I want to share with you a devotion called A Christian's Toughest Tool. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.